By Gods and Kings takes place in the fictional world of Dunai. For more information on By Gods and Kings or any of the products affiliated with it, please check out our website at www.bygodsandkings.com. Evelus and Elise walked up the stairs in the Inn of Brile. They walked along the corridor to the far room at the end of the hallway, opening the wooden door to reveal two beds and a basin. The room was very meek and meager, but they required little more. Their walk from the palace of Malaris through Brile was very awkward. Eblis did not say a word to Elise, as he was still taken aback and disgusted by what Malaris said. He was upset that he was not meeting with Malaris and that Elise was meeting with him instead. However, Elise was overjoyed by this. Someone had finally seen her potential and it was the God of Chaos, and she was not about to let this opportunity squander. Immediately upon entering the room, Evelis walked over to the basin and poured cold water on his face while Elise went to her belongings. The porters had brought their belongings up from the ship to the room so that they could get ready for whatever was in front of them. However, neither one of them expected to be dining with Malaris, especially Elise. Evelis was going to be left to his own devices while Elise was able to dine with the God of Chaos. I have no idea what I'm going to wear, announced Elise as she began to rummage through her belongings. Eblis looked up from the basin and turned around, the cold water still dripping down his face. What does it matter? You're dining with a god. You could simply go naked and he probably wouldn't have an issue. Elise peered over at Eblis with disdain. I need to look regal and like a dignitary for the Isle of Warton and not some common whore trying to sway his affection. I'm not someone who's trying to fawn for his attention. I'm someone who's trying to save our people from the impending disasters that are surrounding them. Eblis rolled his eyes while reaching over and grabbing a towel. He wiped his face off and looked back at Elise. It's not like Malaris can stop Xylene. Xylene is a man of his own power. Elise closed her eyes and huffed. You're right, but maybe he can stop the seven duchies who are going to try and subjugate us. We've dealt with Malaris for years. We've never dealt with the duchies. Eblis turned and walked over to his belongings. The duchies come and go. They always threaten and there's always bluster, but they never take action. People have died before. They'll be fine. Elise closed her eyes and huffed again. Then why did Father agree to send us to Brile? Why did he want us to parlay with Malaris if not to get something done? The two looked at each other and remained silent for a moment before Elise spoke up again. Father and Sonier both think there is an issue at hand and we need to discuss it with Malaris. We would not be here if not for that. Eblis exhaled through his lips slowly and nodded. Fine, you're right. Father does think there is an issue, but I think Father could also be wrong. Elise walked up and placed her hands on her brother's arms. You're right. Father is wrong from time to time, but rarely is Sonia, and she is the one that truly matters. When it comes to diplomacy, I trust Sonia before I trust our father. That is quite wise, quipped Eblis before turning back around. He walked back over to the basin and washed his hands. Do you know what you will discuss with the god of chaos, he asked as he ran the water over his fingers. Elise smiled and went back to her belongings, trying to find something she could wear for the evening. I have a feeling I won't have to ask anything, she said brazenly. Malaris tends to volunteer information. I think I'll just simply listen and see if he offers himself up. Evelis giggled and turned around. That is probably wise. Malaris is someone who will simply volunteer things. I do believe he also probably enjoys hearing the sound of his own voice. Elise raised her eyebrows and continued to look through her belongings. He also mentioned Aurelius. I wonder if he's spoken to his brother since Scare has been there. I wouldn't mind getting a little bit of an update just to at least know that Scare is still alive. Ebelus walked over and took a seat on the edge of the bed. Perhaps there's a lot Malaris could tell us about this world. Perhaps he could tell us about Scare. Perhaps he could tell us about the other gods. Maybe it is a good thing that you're having dinner with him. You have a tendency to speak with more nuance and I'm a bit more direct. 
This might be a blessing in disguise. Elise laughed and looked up from her bag. Is my brother having a moment of clarity? I never thought this would ever happen. Evelus laughed and flung himself backwards on the bed. It's a moment of weakness, if anything, but don't worry. It won't ever happen again. I'm sure it won't, laughed Elise. Now get up. I need help finding something to wear, and you're the only one who will be honest enough with me to tell me if it's ugly. Evelus sat up and groaned loudly. You know I hate this game. Everything you wear is ugly. Elise turned back and looked at him with a look of absolute abhorrence. And that's how I know you're lying. Scare closed his eyes and composed himself as his back was on the table. The sound of flickering candles around him brought him little comfort. Knowing that his essence was soon to be bound to deny brought him little respite. His life was changing and he hoped for the better. He hoped his sacrifice would be what would save the Isle of Orton. Still in Talgis' chambers, with Xylene near, Scare pursed his lips and let out a long sigh. Is this getting to you? inquired Talgis from across the room. Scare opened his eyes and turned his head to see the god of the atmosphere sitting on a throne. His right leg dangled over his left as he looked over towards Scare. The preparations were near complete and Talgis was becoming impatient. Xylene equally so. The god of the tide stood near Talgis with a dagger in his hand. He knew what was at play and what he had to do. He had to end Scare's mortal life and then bind his soul to Dunai. He had to bind his soul to him and bind his soul to servitude. The arrangements had already been made for Scare to return to the Isle of Wharton one last time. He needed to address his mother, Sonye, one last time, as well as Rylagek, and perhaps even Elise and Evelis. Xylene stepped forward carrying the dagger. Now Scare, I can't promise that this won't hurt. I can't promise that you won't feel anything. But what I can promise is that it'll be over before you know it. Scare closed his eyes and composed himself, preparing to speak, when suddenly the blade of the dagger was plunged into his chest. Xylene wasted little time, ending Scare's mortal life, but instead of sending him to Vesia Scales, Scare found himself descending deeper into a mental spiral. With Xylene and Talgis still occupying Dunai, still occupying the physical realm, Scare was plummeting for what felt like hours into the abyss. The abyss grew before Scare's eyes, changing from black to blue to pink to green and going through all the colors of the rainbow until a vibrant purple appeared. Finally, Scare landed firmly on a translucent platform. His back slammed against the hard ground as he let out an audible gasp. He groaned loudly and rolled over onto his stomach, placing his knees underneath him before trying to rise up to his feet. He glanced forward to see a purple swirling atmosphere around him. The area where he landed was silent. Only his thoughts were providing him with any type of ambience. Scare closed his eyes and took a deep breath, trying to take in the moment. He had just been stabbed in the chest by the God of the Tides. He had just negotiated a deal for the peace of the Isle of Wharton. Now, it was time for him to live up to his end of the bargain, but he had no idea where he was and what was happening. All he knew was that Xylene stabbed him in the heart with a dagger. Now, now, it took you long enough to get here, boomed a voice from behind Scare. Scare turned around and looked to see Dorilius, the god of intellect, standing with his arms folded across his chest, appearing disgusted at the sight of him. I've been waiting for four days for you to finally arrive. Could you not have ascended through the abyss faster? Scare was taken aback and didn't know what to do. His last interaction with Dorilius was in Teardrit, and now, in an unknown place, he was standing in front of the god of intellect. I'm sorry, sir, but I don't know why I'm here. All I know is, Dorilius opened up his hands and waved for him to calm down. The words from Scare were meaningless at this juncture. Dorilius was there to speak. When I put the idea in your head for you to go to Zertal and parlay with Talgis, I didn't mean for you to become a god-touched servant. I didn't mean for you to end up before me again. However, here you are, and here I am. Can you at least answer if it was worth it, Scare? Was it worth it to join forces with Talgis and Xylene? 
Skier rose to his feet and kept his eyes on the god of intellect. He smirked and shook his head. I sure hope so. The Isle of Wharton is safe now because of my sacrifice and because of my servitude. Now can you tell me why I'm here and why I'm standing in front of you again? Drillius took a deep breath and nodded. Right. You are now a god-touched servant, and I am here to tell you the rules. Unfortunately, Vessi doesn't have any god-touch to convey the messages, so it comes down to me. Scare smiled and nodded. Right, right. Tal just was explaining the rules to me, but I suppose this is the official version. It most certainly is, continued Aurelius. So now you know you must serve a god. You must serve him indutifully, you must not question him, and you must do whatever he says. If it is found that you do not serve your god willingly, nor have you transferred your allegiance to another god, your essence will be forfeit and you will be cast out into the void. You will cease to exist, you will exist no longer, and you will not serve a single purpose. I know this sounds bleak, but I must impress upon you the nature of this. God touch were created to serve. They were created as a loophole. Now it is your purpose to serve your god, and I'm pretty sure there is an arrangement that you made. Are you serving Talgis or are you serving Xylene? Because currently your essence is bound to the god of the tides. I imagine you didn't trade your soul for the security of the Isle of Wharton. That's not something Xylene would typically do. Scare chuckled and shook his head emphatically. Oh no, no. Though my essence was sundered and bound by Xylene, I will be serving Talgis, the god of the atmosphere. Drillius raised his eyebrows and smirked. That's quite interesting. It's also quite a conundrum for you. You won't have the ability to change allegiances. Scare tilted his head in confusion, still not understanding the true nature of what the gods would ask of him. What do you mean? He inquired. Drillius took a deep breath and sighed. You can only change your allegiance to another god one time. You cannot change back, and you cannot change to another. By having Xylene sunder your soul and bound it to Dunai, and then you changing your allegiance to Talgis, you are then stuck to Talgis for the rest of eternity. You cannot change back to Xylene. You cannot change to Valkus, or Saeria, or even Nerilil. You couldn't even change to me. You are bound to Talgis. Drillius paused and let out a hearty laugh. Talgis sure does know how to play the system, he inserted. Nevertheless, you will have abilities of both Xylene and Talgis. You will need to harness both of them individually and then collectively. You will serve Talgis, and I assume you will also be serving Xylene some as well. How you are able to convince him to stop attacking the Isle of Wartun is beyond me, but it's something that I will be keeping my eye on. Anyways, this transition will be difficult. Over the next few days, you will not be able to harness any of your abilities. You will barely be able to walk. You'll barely be able to form a sentence. You'll barely be able to speak. You'll barely be able to function. However, in about a week, maybe two, you will become a fully-fledged warrior. You will be a god-touched servant, and you will be nearly unstoppable. However, you must follow the rules. You must continue your servitude. You must continue to be obedient. Do you understand me, Scare? Scare stood up straight and nodded. I understand. And as long as the Isle of Wharton is safe, I will serve willingly. Drillius closed his eyes and shook his head. No matter if the Isle of Wharton is safe or not, in order for your essence to remain on Dunai, you will have to serve Talgis. You may be under the impression that you made a deal, but I can't guarantee that they will live up to their end of it, and there is no recourse for you otherwise. You are bound to servitude for the rest of eternity, whether the Isle of Wharton remains or not. Scare stared at Dorilius with a blank expression. He was finding the words difficult to come by. However, after a few moments of pause, Dorilius spoke up. Why don't you tell me what the deal was exactly? I could have my scholars and archivists go back and look, but I'd rather hear it from you instead. What was the deal, Scare? What did they promise you? Scare exhaled loudly and composed himself. They promised that so long as another god does not get involved with the Isle of Wharton, they will not get involved as well. Drillius raised his eyebrows and turned around, trying to suppress a grin. 
He knew what was happening and what was at play, but he could not tell Scare directly. He knew that the God of Chaos was soon to intervene. He knew that Malarus was having dinner with Elise Mertrand, and that soon he would have his hands on the Isle of Wharton, just as every god before wished they could as well. Scare was none the wiser, and Dorilius was just as sinister. Come, Scare, let's wrap this up so you can get back to Dunai. I don't want to keep you much longer. And with that, Scare closed his eyes and woke up on Dunai with his back firmly on the table where he was left. He tried to turn his head but couldn't. He tried to hear the other gods in the room, but they were not there. He was left alone in silence in Taujus's chambers, and until he could move his muscles and get off the table, he was stuck there to contemplate the rest of his existence. He was there to contemplate if the Isle of Wharton would be safe, and if the deal that he made would be just. He had to trust the gods, but he knew of their treachery. He knew of their past and he knew what they were capable of. He knew they were not ones to be trusted. But now, unfortunately, he was in a position where he had to. Hey everybody, thanks again for listening to the Bygods and Kings podcast. For more information on Bygods and Kings, you can always visit our website at www.bygodsandkings.com. But hey, you can also find us on Twitter, at Bygods and Kings. You can also find us on Facebook and even Reddit. We look forward to giving more content to you guys. You guys have a great afternoon. We'll see you on the other side.